Welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvy, aka Danny, aka Mr. You Can Too. I have an episode coming straight from the heart today. I'm doing a solo episode all about the lessons that I've learned this past year and beyond from the death of my mom and my grandfather. Um, If you've listened to the podcast from last year, you remember that I coined the month of May, Love May. And the reason why I named it that is because May used to be a month of so much trauma for me because that's the month that my mom and my grandfather both passed away, um, actually within a calendar year of each other. And I have really flipped that perspective and I'm using the month of May to show the utmost love that I can in a variety of ways. So this episode is here to really serve as a dedication to my mom, Vicki Warwick, and my grandfather, Sandy Warwick. I love you both so much. I miss you both so much. And this episode here is for you. Uh, For everyone listening, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. It would mean the world to me if you leave a five-star rating and a review of the show. I honor you. I appreciate you. I love you. And as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Just like that, we are in the middle of May. What I wanted to do in this episode is really reflect on the continued lessons that I've learned through my mom's death and also my grandfather's death. I've talked about it in previous episodes and other places where I talk about my story, just how much of an impact my mom and my grandfather had in my life. If you're new to this podcast, this is your first time hearing this, my grandfather passed away May 16th, 2014 and then my mom passed away May 14th 2015 so literally within the same calendar year I lost the two people who were closest to me in my life and those losses came with so many different emotions sadness anger guilt shame and a host of other ones. Yet at the same time, it's allowed me to grow so much as a person uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and also physically. And it's just been interesting. It's been such an interesting journey. If you listened to the podcast last year, I coined May, the month of May, Love May. And the reason I did that is because I now treasure the month of May as an opportunity to show the utmost love that I can to not only those closest to me, but everybody that I I come into contact with and I interact with. And I think it's so important for each and every one of us to realize that we can turn our trauma into triumph. And the most trauma that I've had in my entire life has came from the death of my grandfather, my mom, and that happening within the same year span. 
I remember, well, I'll start with my grandfather, uh, Sandy Warwick, a.k.a. Pop. Like, this was, like, my guy. I didn't really have my father in my life growing up, and that was okay because I had Pop, who really, really held down that male role model role for me. He was at all of my sporting events. I, I would see him at the very least every other week and he would pick me up and take me on my day where we could go do whatever it was that I wanted uh, for the afternoon and go eat wherever after and just spend quality time together. And I remember doing that from, man, when I was in like, God, I don't even know, like kindergarten all the way through high school. And, you know, when he passed away, you know, the couple of, I would say months, maybe even like a year or two before that, I just never really made it a point to to see him all the time like I had previously in my life. And, you know, I made all the excuses for myself of, you know, being a young man, being busy, really wrapped up in my own personal life, career, all those things. And in reality, all it was was um, me just not being intentional about spending time with him. And I remember when he passed away, and the way that he passed, he essentially, he had some heart complications and then went to the hospital to get another stint put into his heart. And, you know, shortly after that, you know, I think like the stint got infected. It was, it was something kind of really fishy that happened. But, you know, he, he ended up being in the hospital and he said that he didn't want any of his grandchildren to see him in that state in the hospital because he didn't want that to be the last um the the last impression or view that I had of him and um man it's just such a reminder of how how precious life is and how you really never know when somebody is going to pass away and because of that I think it's so important that we give people their flowers while they're here as opposed to waiting until they're gone. And when my grandfather passed away, man, I was just super sad that like, man, I wasn't spending the time with him. It's like, how much more could I have done? Um, thinking about all the ways I could have called him more, um, stopped by his, his house more and just seen him more. And, you know, that really stuck with me for a long time. And even now when I think about that, I still get very... Um, emotional and I'm even like you know kind of choking up right now as I think about it and man he was just such a blessing to my life he was literally the example the best example I've ever experienced of unconditional love pop literally maybe I just remember one time in my entire life him ever like getting remotely mad at me for essentially me just being like a crazy brat probably towards my brother or something and I was wilding out but I was literally in my entire you know up until I was 24 years old that he had ever um you know I've been upset with me and and outside of that time man he just showed like so much love like just always had a huge smile on his face was always super excited to see me he was always excited to talk about life and there's so much from him that I carry in my life today. My grandfather absolutely loved 
the sun and the beach. And if you know me, you know my ass loves the sun and the beach. And it's crazy that he moved his you know entire family down to Miami. Essentially retired, said, I'm leaving New Jersey and I'm coming to Miami because I want that sun and I want the beach all the time. And my grandfather would literally wake up at sunrise, get to the beach, and would go out there and bake all day long in the sun. My uncle shares such a funny story with me. And this is my, you know, he's the type of uncle that like exaggerates stories. I don't know if this was exaggerated or not, but either way, it's a phenomenal story. He told me how one time Pop was getting ready to go outside and tan and he couldn't find his tanning oil. And, you know, this is back in the day where, like, you know, people just rub all types of oil on their body and go outside and try to get that that golden glare. And, you know, my, my grandfather ran out, couldn't find any. So this dude decided to get Crisco. If y'all know Crisco, Crisco is, is vegetable oil, cooking oil. Rubbed it all over his skin and went outside and literally baked in the sun. It's so funny, man. This this guy Pops love for being in the sun. Like he was so dark that people literally thought he was my dad. So I'm mixed. I'm half black. I'm half white. And this is my white grandfather. But because he would be in the sun so long, he had this like leathery, brownish, reddish skin that just made him look like he was my dad. And, you know, he was super um, into fitness. So like he always looked young or much younger than what he was. And it's just so funny to, to look back and reminisce and just see how I get my love for the sun and for being out in nature, in water, by the beach, because that's what Pop loved. And he loved that more than, than anything I can think of outside of his family. And the second really huge lesson that I got from my grandfather or thing that got passed down to me is really the love for for fitness. Uh, my grandfather was huge into weights. He was literally lifting weights until the doctor told him that he needed to stop at some point, like in his late sixties or early seventies, he decided to slow down and stop. But man, this dude just loved to get after it in the gym. And this, he was so, he was so into his biceps. You have no idea, but man, he would always begin it after it, getting after it in his, his indoor gym that he had when I was just a little kid growing up. And I remember just being so excited to get in the weight room with him and just like watch him work out and be in his presence as he worked out and me pick up the five pound dumbbells and pretend I was doing something next to him because I just wanted to be like pop and just be in his presence. And it was such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful feeling. And I think one of the last things that I got from him was my love for football. Um, Pop was a great football player in his own day. Uh, played through high school, uh, went to the Navy instead of going to college. So, you know, his football career ended before then. But he just had such a love for the game. And he loved coming to my football games when I was in high school. And oftentimes when my mom was sick, she wasn't able to make it to the games. So when I looked in the stands, I could always depend on Pop to be there. And that was something that was so special to me. And to be able to see how much I love the, the game of football now, and to see how far I went and getting to play, you know, four years of college football at Georgetown University and have him actually come to Georgetown to watch a game. Um, 
It was unbelievable. And, and it's something I will never, ever, ever take for granted. And I'm so excited to, you know, be a, a poppy myself one day and to have grandkids and to be able to take them out every week in the same way that my grandfather did for me. And all of my cousins just absolutely love and adore him. You can ask my brother Hank, my cousin Julie, Stephen, Katie, Jonathan. Like we we all love Pop so 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 much. And every time we get together, we still talk about him to this day. And man, he's just such an impactful impactful person in my life. And know that all of my love for fitness and sports, the sun, the beach, nature. Uh, really entrepreneurship, because that's what my grandfather was the entrepreneur from the beginning. Man, I get all those things from him. And every single day, you know, I, I miss him. And I know that I'm making him proud and that he's so he's so excited and happy for me. So that was, um, man, that was such a big test to to lose him the way that I did. And then... Not even, you know, just 363 days later, you know, my mom passes away. And, you know, I've talked about this story so much. And it still feels like yesterday. But, you know, my mom was my rock growing up. She would do absolutely everything for my brother and I. And my brother and I um, were raised by just my mom. She was a, a single mother doing everything by herself. And... Ever since I was a little boy, I can always remember my mom being sick. She suffered from so many of the Western lifestyle diseases that we see today. She was obese, had type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, just all these different things that really held her back. And on top of that, you know, she was very much addicted to her opioid and pain medications that she was prescribed she very much had a a fixed mindset about a lot of things and you know she also had a victim mentality and I don't blame her per se for having these things or going through these tribulations but I also know that my love for health and when I talk about health it's this holistic view of health the physical the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual sides of health, they're so important to me because I always, to this day, imagine what my mom's life would have been like if she had the tools that I have today and not only had the tools, but she used those tools and had these practices that she would do on a daily basis. And um, yeah, it's just so tough, man. It's such a... It's such an interesting thing to think about six years later, now that my mom's passed away, how much growth I've experienced. And I remember one time I was sitting down with a friend of mine and we were just having just such a deep conversation. And I'm talking about how my mom passed away and essentially how that led me on my path to doing the type of work that I'm doing in the world now as a holistic life coach. And what he said to me, and I'll never forget this, he said, your mom dying was a gift. And on the outside, just hearing that, you know, it might sound crazy. 
And at the same time, I see where he was coming from. And I do see how it was a gift because if she didn't die in the way that she did die, I don't think I'd be doing not only the work that I'm doing in the way I do it now, but the way that I focus on myself probably wouldn't be a priority in the way that I focus on my physical health. I focus on my mental health, my emotional health, and my spiritual health. All of those things didn't happen until after my mom passed away. And, you know, it's tough because, you know, my mom and I were so close when I was a little kid and she did everything for me, like, like literally everything. And I remember when I graduated from college, I moved back home first to save some money as I was starting my regular nine to five corporate career. And when I came back, you know, my mom really wanted to always do things for me. She wanted to cook for me. She wanted to clean up after me. She wanted to do my uh, my dishes, my laundry, all of these things. Yet the past four years, I've been doing all those things for myself. And at the time, I looked at it as my mom babying me. Now in hindsight, I can realize that was just my mom being a mom, doing what moms like to do. And I also realized how much my mom's own sense of self-worth was rooted in what she could do for others, especially me. And because I was not able to see that at the time, I would get very angry with my mom every time she would try to do things for me. I'd tell her like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't baby me. All of those things. And I even remember, you know, being a 22 year old man wanting to, you know, I would go out at night and my mom would always want me to check in with her on like, you know, what time I'd be coming home and things like that. And again, the way I looked at it was like, why is she babying me? And because of that, I would never tell her when I would be coming home. And what that would lead to is her just literally being so worried about, did something happen to me at night? And I can, I can see that after talking to, you know, so many other parents, um, in the, in the last few years, especially as I was working with youth athletes, you know, just how much parents naturally worry about their kids, no matter how old they are. <laughs> and man, I used to just be so angry with my mom and I would just get into arguments with her back and forth, all these things. I would make her feel really, really bad. And um, when she passed away, that was something that I had so much guilt and shame around because until I started really doing the deep inner work, once I started doing that work, I sort of realized just how much my mom cared and wanted to serve. And when I was being mean to her, telling her not to do certain things for me, you know, she would take it extremely personally and it would really hurt her own sense of self. And granted, as I live now, like I'm a firm believer that no one can make you feel a certain way, right? You decide to feel that way. Yet I can also see at the same time how I wasn't helping in that equation at all at the time. And after my mom passed away from getting a surgery that she wasn't a healthy enough candidate to get, and I'll go into that a little bit right now, actually, since we're on the subject. So my mom, as I was alluding to, she was very unhealthy. And as a result, she was obese the majority of her life. She 
at some point when I was young, I want to say like elementary, middle school age, she got uh, gastric bypass surgery. And that's when they essentially staple your stomach and make your stomach smaller so that you can only ingest a certain amount of food, amount of calories. And as a result, over time, you're going to lose uh, weight. And my mom did lose weight over time. Yet, because of her lifestyle and how she was losing weight, she had a lot of excess skin on her body. She eventually got to a point where she felt like getting rid of that excess skin would bring her more confidence and happiness in her life. So she started going to different doctors, trying to get this surgery, and every doctor is telling her, like, hey, Vicky, you're not a healthy enough candidate to get this type of surgery. And my mom was not taking no for an answer. So she kept looking around, looking around until she finally found a doctor who said that in order for him to fix the hernia that she had, he would have to remove all the skin around her midsection. So for my mom, this was great. She was getting what she was looking for. Fast forward, it's the day before the surgery. And I'm over at her place and we're just hanging out. And she's sharing with me how she's kind of having second thoughts about the surgery. She's feeling really nervous about it. And me, I told her, I was like, look, mom, like, you don't need the surgery. Like, we'll figure it out. You know, I'll help you lose the weight. Because at this time, I had been a sports performance trainer and a uh, personal trainer for about two years. Been a nutrition coach for a year and a half. I had helped a lot of people lose weight. And even during those last two years, as I was learning so much about these things and applying it in my own life and having my own results, I had been trying to force my mom to make these changes too. But the problem was I never met her where she was at in that process. It was always, what you're doing is not good enough. Come do it how I think you should do it instead. And it never really resonated. So in this moment, you know, she's having that, those second thoughts, I'm trying to convince her not to do it. And at the end of our conversation, she just decides like, no, I'm still going to go through with it. I'm still going to have the surgery tomorrow. And that led to me getting super upset and my mom and, our having a, my mom and I having a big argument. And that argument was the last conversation that I ever had with my mom for the rest of my life. She went in, had the surgery. Woke up out of the surgery, um, you know, kind of complained that she felt a little short of breath to uh, some of the family members that she spoke to after. And very soon after those conversations, she had an episode in the hospital where she couldn't breathe. So the hospital induced her into a coma and essentially she got transported to another facility. And over the span of about 12 weeks, my mom slowly passed away um and and it was just so crazy like just to see her in her essentially her deathbed um for about three months like it was really really just absolutely crazy and there was you know when when someone's in that type of a coma in that type of a state they cannot really communicate with you whether they can hear or not i don't know but they can't really communicate with you and there was one moment where my 
where I really felt like my mom was like there, like we made eye contact and I felt like, like she was there. And it was in that moment that I just started bawling, crying, just apologizing for everything, for, for not, you know, being a better son, for not being compassionate, to not showing unconditional love, all these things. And just like telling her how much I love her and, and how much I care about her and how much of an impact she's had on my life. And, um, yeah, it's just so crazy. Just after she passed away, it really had me go deep within and really check myself and see like, why was it that I couldn't truly be there for the person that I cared about the most in my life? And that's what really set me on my personal development journey. I ended up signing up for a, a life coaching course. And, you know, within that course, it gave me the opportunity to actually be coached. And during that sessions, that was the first time I had ever truly opened up about my life and my feelings and especially my experience with my mom and her death. And because I was able to really talk about these things openly, it, it was such a freeing feeling for me. And it, it really felt like a lot of trauma was being worked through. And a lot of the shame and guilt and different things that I felt started to, to dissipate a little bit. And what I love so much about that coaching program I did, in addition to being able to be coached myself, it was having the opportunity to learn how to truly listen to others, how to hold space, create a safe environment where someone is being listened to and understanding that I'm there to really understand what they're experiencing, what they're going through, what they're looking to create in their life. And once I finished that program, I was just like, damn, like I wish I had this when my mom was alive. And for a long time, as I was doing my work with You Can't Too, it was almost coming from this negative energy of it doesn't matter how many people I help because I wasn't able to help my mom. And it wasn't until I had my first ayahuasca experience, my first ayahuasca ceremony, where it really completely transformed the way I looked at my mom and I's relationship and even her death. It showed me, like, I had all of these just memories that came up of everything she did for my brother and I like so many things like all the baseball games the basketball games the football games like paying for like all the sports trips and clothes and uniforms and just so much stuff that she always did help me with my homework like giving me like the freedom to go be the person that I want to be and trusting in me when I am out and about as a young kid like just all of these things and just always having my back always 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 like a teacher could say something bad she would ask me what happened. I would tell her the truth and she would believe me because she, she just knew. And like, that's the type of love that my mom always had. Yet I have forgot about it because I was only focusing on the last couple of years of her life when she wasn't being, you know, as healthy as I, I thought she could. Right. And that ayahuasca experience had me realize that, you know, when I first created You Can Too, the name You Can Too was inspired by my mom, but in a negative way. Because I used to always hear my mom say, I can't, 
that's why I created You Can Too, because I wanted people to understand that anything that they want to achieve is possible, yet they first have to believe it's possible, because without that belief, it'll never happen. And, you know, that ayahuasca experience really showed me just, just how much my mom's relationship and the way that she's a giver is a part of me. And that's where I get my giving, my level of service, wanting to show up powerfully and help others in their life. Yet the difference is I now see the importance of filling up my own cup first because my mom never filled up her own cup, right? She was always trying to give from an empty cup, trying to do things for other people that she wasn't doing for herself. And that lesson taught me how important it is for me to take care of myself physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, socially, financially, like all the ways so that I can truly be there to help others at my highest possible abilities. And I cannot thank my mom enough for all of the lessons and the love that she showed me when she was alive and even now. And during my very most recent ayahuasca experience, you know, I thought I had worked through a lot of these emotions and I thought I was quote unquote past it, but I had an experience, man, where I was just brought right back to my mom and like all of the shitty ways that I treated her. And like, I was just crying like for hours, just missing her, looking at her pictures on Facebook. And, um, yeah, it's just a reminder for me that, you know, I'm continuing to do this work and that I realize that every single thing that I've learned through my mom's life is how I get to give back to myself and that's what I get to use to fill my cup so I can actually truly, truly, truly give to others. And that's my philosophy now. It's starting from within. It's starting from the I and understanding that when I am my best self, then I get to truly help others be their best self. But if I'm not doing it for me first, I can't possibly do it for others. And for you listening right now, if there's one thing I want you to take away from my mom's death is that one, you get to unconditionally love your family. Don't don't wait for them to do things the way you want them to do it for you to love them. Like you get to love them no matter what. And you get to also understand that you can only focus on the things that you can control. You can want to help your parents so much or those loved ones that are close to you so much, but a person can only be helped when they want to be helped. And when that person is ready to be helped, you get to meet them where they're at in that specific moment. And you also get to meet yourself where you're at. Whatever you're looking to accomplish in your life, understand that wherever you are in this moment is where you are. You get to accept that. And then from that moment, you get to move forward and take all the actions to create the life that you want to live. Right now, as this recording, it's May 17th. It's the middle of Love May. Pop, I love you so much. Mom, I love you so much. I appreciate you both for all of the life lessons, 
all of the unconditional love. And I can only hope to be even close to the parent and grandparent that you both were for me. I love you both. I miss you both so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you everyone for listening and holding space and allowing me to share two of the people that I love the most with you all. You can too.